name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. If I had a nickel for every study that came out saying that coffee was good for you or bad for you or good for you or bad for you, I'd be, I'd, well, I'd have a lot of nickels. I'm not going to do the math on it, but I have a ton of nickels. There was one uh, recently that came out, an article, and it's a little, if you really read it carefully, it's it sounds great, but then you read it, it's like, well, some things weren't adjusted for this, and it's, you know, could be, you know, it's hard to say because it was coffee, but also they were ultra marathon, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit fuzzy. Do I think there's some compounds in coffee that are good for, yeah. Do I think coffee overall is the best thing ever? No, I don't. I dig it. You guys know how much I dig it. I roast my own beans. I dig it so much. I'm saying that if you eat a good diet, coffee and wine, and all those things that have certain compounds and people try to get y'all, it's not necessary. None of them are. Drink it because you dig it. That's what I do. Um, so I would say, you know, minimize it. Because you see, you can say coffee is good for you and you can drink five cups a day and get enough of whatever freaking polyphenols and all that kind of stuff. But you're also not going to be sleeping well. And I think it probably doesn't do good for your uh, gut bacteria either. So if you weigh, you know, the whole picture of these kinds of things, I would say in general, minimize it. Maybe one to two cups a day. If you're getting into the age where I hit my late 40s, where I was like, why am I not feeling rested in the morning? Well, I was getting the hours, but not the quality of sleep. So I moved my caffeine intake and stop it at around 11 or noon at the latest. Okay. It takes about 12 hours to, or to get it down to a significant amount. So it's, it stays in your system for a while. Okay. It's just a little, a little advice from Sid. But this article... It was great because here's an actual quote from the article, okay? Of coffee drinkers, 84%. Okay, so I'm going to tell you right now that the the article was in a um, a, a magazine and I can I can livescience.com. Okay, I can link to it or whatever. Just is was does drinking coffee help you live longer? And long article and at the end of the day it was like, yeah, we don't quite know. Totally. That's it was like just don't really really know. One statistic before I get to the hilarious quote was Americans drink an estimated of 517 million cups of coffee every day and 516 million of those cups from Seattle. I added the other thing. Here's the quote of coffee drinkers. 84% have their cup of Joe. This is actually what they said. Cup of Joe. They're trying to be cute. 84% have their cup of Joe with breakfast according to the National Coffee Association, which I need to get sponsored by, clearly. <clears throat> Back to the quote. According to the National Coffee Association, suggesting, wait for it, that most people drink coffee for its caffeine. Let me read that again just so that sinks in because they decided this was worth writing in an article about coffee. Of coffee drinkers, 84% have their cup of joe with breakfast, suggesting that most people drink coffee for its caffeine. It's just suggesting that. We don't know for sure, but the fact that most people drink it with breakfast, it could have something to do with the caffeine. <sighs> the title of this episode is brutal, and I'm going to get I'm going to get into it a little bit. the 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 short, well, I'm not. Uh, the spoiler alert is that my first child is in college, and so she left the house. It was brutal. It was a brutal, brutal week. 
And you might be thinking, oh, here we go. We don't want to hear, Sid, that's that's your bet. Listen, it's a broader picture, and I'm going to go to like I usually do. Okay, so just can you just sit tight for a minute? I mean, Christmas. Um, thanks to everybody, Patreoners, uh, and uh, yeah. Go to the show notes for all the other stuff. Show notesies, thank yous, you know that whole deal? Okay, small steppers, 30% off, small summer 30 when you check out. Okay, it's in the show notes. Don't bother me with too much stuff. That was like seven seconds. The So I had a rough, it's been, it has been a rough week and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it into my overall approach. Okay, just, just again, sit tight. But we were, it was a lot of preparation. And I think in my opinion, and, and this isn't exactly groundbreaking, a lot of the trauma for me as a as a parent, but also for the kids going off to college, definitely is related to COVID. There's a, a lot of anxiety. It's like, not only is it just leaving home, period, but then post-COVID where we were all shut-ins, like so at home, and then going out. And she's going to, you know, Berkeley. It's a big school. It's a big town. It's a lot of people. We come from a little, little town. So it, it's a lot of build-up, a lot of anxiety for everybody, her friends. I mean, people that are she, her roommates. Everybody's a little bit freaking out a little bit it's okay hopefully they'll get their footing um <clears throat> but we were in the prep mode in the house packing stuff like that and my wife and i lisa were hanging out in the living room and my daughter luna walks in the room and she's and she's holding a pair of the scissors that are in one of our drawers we have like two pairs of scissors in this one it's like it's, a, it's one of those mash drawers that you open it and it's just a whole history of your lives in one drawer okay and we we organize it once every 10 years and then just paper clips that don't it's just weird nails and allen wrench allen wrenches nobody throws allen wrenches away you can have allen wrenches from a bike you put together in 1974 and it's going to be in your drawer forever and ever you just don't want to throw those away allen she walks in holding a pair of scissors and we're just hanging out lisa and, I, and she just exclaims as if there was an argument, I'm taking these scissors. Like it was, and, we, and Lisa and I were like, holy, sh- yeah, good, great. Hey, you know what? Take those scissors. It was like the scissor power grab. It was like this point where she's like, I'm separating from you and it's manifested in the pair of scissors that I'm not asking for permission. By God, I'm taking this pair of scissors and leaving you one, which is one more than most people need. And that's just a representation of the week leading up to us taking her off to college. It was this like a lot of stuff going on. And we were just, I was like, thank God I became a breathing coach because this is paying. I don't even, I don't even, I don't need to work with anybody ever again. I, the money was well spent because I just slow breathing through the nose, in through the nose, out through the nose, in four seconds, out six seconds, repeat. I launched a steps list. Now, if you've worked with me, you've been in the thing, you know what a step list is, but it's generally a to-do list of sorts, but not anything like any kind of to-do list you generally work from. It's uh, things that you want to include in your life that are about stress management and habit change and things like that. I, lo- I don't usually have one these days because I'm kind of dialed in on stuff like food and exercise. I don't have to remember to do those. I've, be- I've took- taken time over the years, literally years, to create healthy habits. So in general, I'm healthy and happy doing okay but like i said in the last i don't even know what episode but with my book sort of done and things are just kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern now that i have to freaking get in touch with publishers or try to anyways um i launched a a step list just to kind of keep myself 
engaged in things, by the way, contacting publishers is on my steps list. Why? Because it's a new thing. And if I don't have it on my list, the day goes by and my routines take over and I'm like, ah, crap, I didn't do that again yesterday. So I'm journaling <clears throat> again. Again, sometimes I journal, sometimes I don't. Definitely need to now. A lot of anxiety. Losing my, you know, my first kids moving out. It's a big thing for me. Um, my wife doesn't give a shit. No, I'm just kidding. She totally, it's hard for both of us. Super hard for both of us. Um, anyways, one thing I'm doing an ex-client, I told her about this recently, and she's going to say, this was, you talked about it. I did, it was you. Um, I'm taking, this is not a joke, you guys. It's not a joke. So if you think I'm kidding, just close your mouth because don't smile. American Sign Language. I'm taking an American Sign Language course. And here's why. You want to know why? Because I've always been fascinated with it. I learned the alphabet when I was like in third grade and I never forgot it. I can do it to this day. Watch. That was a joke. You can't see me. And I've always been fascinated, but I don't know signs. I only know the alphabet. And when sometimes people who are deaf, hearing impaired, I don't know, what's the PC thing? I don't care. Good Lord. Not like they can hear. Oh, that was, yeah, I'll edit that one out. When a deaf or hearing impaired person comes into the resort, I have this intense urge to be able to communicate with them. I've always had that. And it's not really, I don't really, I have never made a note of it, but for some reason, over the last month, I was like, I think I want to take an American Sign Language class. And I don't think it's going to be necessarily useful. I did look in my area to see if there was any like deaf services, if I could help kids or tutor kids or something like that. I was just like, this is, I kind of want to. So I signed up for an online course and I'm taking a freaking ASL class. And my daughter, the twin, she's, she was sitting next to me yesterday and she was digging it. And the guy who I signed up with, he, uh, just a, it's a you know video series pre-recorded. Um, super weird and awesome. And there was another guy who was like, in this course, you're going to learn. I was like, no, I'm not taking a course from you. You're boring. And this other guy is entertaining. I'm like, that is amazing. So he's funny and weird and kooky and he's totally engaging. So I'm taking a freaking A. So that's on my steps list too. Reading a novel on my steps list. Now, small amounts. Once in it, music back in, doing the record, but I had a song idea, kept floating around in my brain, but I wasn't getting down there. Put it on the list. Two days ago, went down there. And busted out a little word of work on that song. Huh? Is that cool? <clears throat> you might think to my to yourself, maybe those are distractions from the, yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's okay. I'm taking, I, there's not that much I can do. My daughter's in, in college. Mm. But here's why the title is brutal. Because this is an episode about letting go. This is an episode about understanding uh, some realities that are, tough pills to swallow that <clears throat> when you're doing something that is good for you, but also good for that person, it means things that are painful. Sometimes it means that you are doing actions that you're feeling in your gut are telling you, you do not want to do this at all. Dropping my child off at college and, and, you know, hugging her and walking away and getting in the car and driving away is really hard. And I think that part of it, like I said before, is COVID. I think it's just this kind of like, we haven't been on a secure, you know, a, a strong footing for a few years. And we're, it's obviously better now, but it's still, you know, it was, a, it was a, a weird thing for all of us to be floating around for however long we did. And it's the brutal parts of our lives are, are, are sometimes letting go of things, letting go of people that are that it's best for them 
And what's interesting is, you know, on a very personal level, this was hard for me just as a father because I I love hanging out. Being with family is the number one thing for me. I love it the best and, and watching my child go. And of course, <clears throat> I'm afraid for her. I'm nervous for her. I'm anxious for her. She doesn't know her roommate. You know, it's new things. She's on her own. She doesn't know anybody there. Like, I would just want to go in with her and go, you guys should, you know, and it's like the worst thing I could ever do, right? There is a point where it's not serving anybody for me to do that. The best we can hope for, for me anyways, is to be present if she needs me and around. But I have to, there's a line that I'm having to negotiate because this is the first kid. With the twins, we were like, you guys, this is going to be no brainer. Like, well, we have been through, you guys are going to have it a lot. Like, I know how to do the driving test now. Like, I know how to teach you guys how to drive because I had to teach Luna how to drive and she failed the first time, got got it the second time. And I was like, oh, that son of a bitch. I didn't cover that. Now I know. I mean, you guys are going to skate through the test. But interestingly, it's a, there's a similarity with the work that I do, which is if you know me or ever worked with me, I cut people off. I, there, I am always trying to get different times for different clients, but mostly 12 weeks, done, done. And I'm like, done. Financially, not the best move. Professionally and ethically, and and just part of my program and part of my ethic as a as a coach is exactly what I try to do. I don't. I am not. Here's what I always say. I'm not part of their movie. I've never had a client who goes, "Hey, you know, I looked at my ideal and my life that I wanted to live, and you're in it. You're my coach forever. Never, not once. And I'm a likable guy. Not not a like. I'm not first like. People don't like me at first. I don't know what that is. Get to know me. It's great. That no problem. But man, it's the first. They don't like me. That's why I don't have, I'm not magnetic that way. That's why I don't have people beating down my door. But people that come in the program, they get what's going on. Why? Because I get them out of there. Get them in, get them out. Why? Good for them. Good for them, good for me. Happy them being happy, I'm happy. And this is the difference uh, or the similarity <clears throat> with dropping my child off because it, it doesn't serve her for me to keep try to keep her around when it's not good for her we we have to understand where we are in relationship to other people and and that sometimes it's and often it's best to <clears throat> raise our children or in this case work with a client it, you know guide them train them equip them with tools and then say goodbye and that's hard for me as a coach sometimes because there's a lot of clients I've freaking, first of all, I love hanging out with. And so I'm like, no, I'm not good for you any longer. It, there's so many parts of my life that this has been similar. Music is similar. You can, I've been in a studio mixing a song and there is a point where I got to let it go. There's all these things that we get so wrapped up if we attach ourselves so personally to. But there is a point at which if we continue it's a negative return. All of a sudden, the benefits are gone and it starts being, it negatively affects us personally. It negative, negatively affects the people that we're relating to. These experiences that shape our lives and the balance of teaching and allowing that if done well, and I'm teaching somebody well and adjusting my coaching to their personalities such that I ensure their success, but at the same time, understanding that their success has has ultimately, I can't be in that picture. Their success means a Sidless universe. 
a little different with my kids because I want to be in her life forever. But there is a change. There is a change that occurred when I, it, it's a change. She's off at college now. It is a different ball game. And it was kind of overnight. It was just very hard for me to get through. It was, a, it was a very brutal time to say goodbye and drop her off in an unknown place and hope to God that we have raised her in a way that she can will adjust over time. And the pain of her adjustment has got to be her pain of adjustment. And that is very hard as a parent for me. Anyways, maybe other parents are like, yeah, good luck, whatever, man. I'll just find more help around the farm. I don't know. I don't know what other parents do. I am saying for me, it's tough. I make her coffee every morning. Yeah, AeroPress, by the way. My, my daughter is spoiled. Here's the bad news. She's going to hate every cup of coffee that she has in the dorm. Guaranteed. Um, but every morning I come in and, I'm, you know, this last week to make the coffee for my wife, I always make her a cup, cut me a cup, and then I would make my daughter a cup in there. And there's just that moment of just like, oh, man. It's, it, was, it was really, really rough. And, and so similar, interestingly, to the work that I do, which is, eventually the movie changes eventually her movie now is her movie it's not my movie with her in it it's her own movie and i hope to god i'm still in her movie forever but that's sort of like out of my control now which is really really weird place to be there is a place where we can control to a certain point and have a say in 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 a profound way and there's a place that we just have to then say and hope to god that this is going to work out for the best. And you just talk about a leap of faith, man. And it's been really rough. I got to tell you, it's been really rough. I just hope that, you know, we, she wants to keep us in her life. I think the good news is, is that she's been feeling to had some tough days and she's called us and we've been FaceTiming and talking and, and it's good. And we're a resource, which means something we did right because she's not like, screw them. I'm going to, you know, she's like talking to us and we're, and also thank God for FaceTime. <laughs> because it's all, I'm sure a ton easier for me to l- at least be able to see her and stuff, but it's rough. It's rough. And at the same time, it's that battle I talk about <clears throat> often, which is the, I did a whole episode, the human versus lizard. It's that part of our brain, that emotional part of our brain that is fear-based, stress-based, and it can move us to action if unchecked. It can move us to uh, being a hovering kind of person, a hovering parent, a, a person that is, is, is keeping somebody leashed figuratively, keeping them you know, under our control. It's not good for them. And we need the human part of us, the rational, the more balanced part of us, not the reactive, but the active part of us to say, this is painful for me, painful for you. And there ain't getting around this fact. It is time for us to separate you were twice gone once returned In a day you decided me The black news held on like a tightly held news 
Do you want me? 